0: Oh God! Oh, the name of Jesus! Oh, the Holy Ghost is here right now. Why don't you stand on your lift your hands to the Lord, cry out to me. God? I need you today. Is there anybody here today that you've stepped astray? Oh God! Is there anybody here today that you're that one lost sheep? Oh, the name of Jesus! Oh, come on, let's just push here a little bit. Can you lift your hands and your voice right now and say, God, here I am. Come on, he wants to find you today. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In yeah, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm going to go directly to the Word of God. Amen. I'm thankful for for all of you that are here today. Amen. I feel like God has a Word for you. Amen. And I feel, amen, like everyone that is here is here because the Spirit of God has drawn them. Amen. Amen. You say, well, I don't feel the spirit of God today, Pastor Carricker." Then his mercy has drawn you. Praise God. Amen. God has somehow has gotten a hold of your heart. Amen. And when God begins to work in your life, that's the time to respond to the moving of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And uh, I'm, I'm going to read just two passages of Scripture here today in, in Psalms chapter 42, verses 1 and 2, and then John 6 and 44. Psalms 42 and 1 says, as, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God. For the living God, when shall I come? When, notice this is a question, when shall I come and appear before God? When shall I come and appear before God? In John chapter 6, if you turn there in your Bible. John chapter 6 and verse 44 no man, Jesus was speaking here, he said, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me, draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. No man can come to me except the, the Father, the Spirit which hath sent me, draw him. Praise God. No man can come to God except the Spirit draw him. Amen. Amen. And what you're feeling and experiencing in your life right now, in your walk with God, is the draw of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. Amen. God works in our lives. God's, God will never make you do anything. God never coerces you into doing anything, but there has to be a response that when the Spirit of God is drawing and working in your life, there has to be a response on your side. Amen. I want to preach for a little while today a heart for God. Let's ask God to help us, Lord. I ask you today, God, to touch every person, every heart that is here today. God, I ask you to draw by your Spirit. God, I ask you, Lord God, God, you see that you've heard the prayer seen the desire. God, I ask you to, today to fill those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, to fill them with the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's just love him. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You can you can be seated today. I just want to just go to the Word of the Lord, and uh, there there are many. The Word of God is written for our admonition. is written for us to to be able to serve God. It's our it's our roadmap of our walk with God. It's our guiding light. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The psalmist wrote. And so the Word of God has many things, if everything that should have been written that Jesus done had been written, all the volumes of the books in this world couldn't contain everything that he did. And so what God is doing in your life here today, amen, there is a specific plan and a specific purpose that God has for your life, amen, that is going to play out and I pray that that before you leave this service that you have God, amen, working with you, amen, beside you, around you, amen, everything that you do, that God is right in the middle of your life. Amen, amen, Amen. and uh, many times we don't understand or realize that God is working in our life. Uh, We think that it's just... Uh, it's just either consequence, something that has happened to us and so we're suffering the consequence or uh, we are reaping the benefits of something that has, uh, has transpired in our life, maybe something that we have worked for. But I can tell you without any doubt in my mind is that God has put your life right to where it is today. You say, well, there's some things that's happened in my life uh, that uh, surely God didn't do. I agree with that, but what I'm trying to tell you is all those things have worked to bring you to this point in life, amen, so that you can serve God to your fullest, Amen. amen, so that you, amen, can be full of the Holy Ghost, so that you can be a child of God. Amen. And so, as we look at the Word of God, we find a young man by the name of Moses. And his story started as a child, even a baby, uh, that he was, uh, the hand of God was upon his life. He was born in a very, uh, he was born in a very trying, uh, turmoiled world when he was born. It seems like, uh, if there is something that's going to happen in my life, uh, there's turmoil, there's stress. I don't know about you, but life just has a way of uh, of creating all these things that we deal with on a daily basis. Uh, and many times, even though a child may not realize it, they're born into uh, a time frame of, of life and a time frame of the world uh, uh, that uh, it's very stressful and very traumatic and tumultuous. Uh, and you look at our world today, the children that are being born, and and you're saying, what's going on? Uh, 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 what purpose do they have in life? Uh, amen. We were Born to worship God. We were born to serve God. We were created by our creator. Amen. To live for him. To work for him. In fact, he breathed into us the breath of life. Amen. He gave us a heart for God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, Amen. God didn't create you huh, just as an afterthought or a side side road or, or something that just happened by chance. No way. Uh, when he created me, uh, he created a heart for God. Uh, and this world will try to turn it around and turn it upside down. And the devil will try to destroy you. But Jesus said, I am come uh, that they might have life. Uh, And have it more abundantly. And Moses was born in a world just like today. You say, it can't be like today. They didn't have cars. I'm not talking about physical things. I'm talking about the spiritual. He was born into a world that was spiritually just as corrupt, just as problematic. In fact, Pharaoh, the Egyptian king, had made the decree that every male child that was born to the Hebrew children, they were to be killed. They were to be extinguished, snuffed out. Whatever you got to do, get rid of them. Because if we don't stop them, hey man, if we don't kill all the male child, hey man, they're going to procreate and there's going to be more of them than of us. Does that sound like our world today? <laughs> oh yeah, there's problems. You can read it all over. There's population problems. Populations are dwindling. There's, uh, it seems like they're you all the time in the news uh, that their, their, their voting bases are going down because uh, uh, there's more people dying than are being born. Who's with me right now? And all of a sudden, your mind starts thinking about Moses' time, but he had a mother. He had parents that said, you know, we're not going to allow our child to be killed. He had a, he had a mother that took care of him, huh? Hey man, until she couldn't keep him quiet anymore. You say, how old was he? I don't know. Huh? Uh, but I was, I was holding my little granddaughter this morning, and man, she was a live wire. Amen. She was uh, wound for sound this morning. She was trying to get Poppy's Bible and Poppy's pen and everything she could put her hands on. Uh, and uh, she wasn't making a whole lot of noise but give her about another month. I promise you, she'll figure that boy's out if she hasn't already. And there came a time in Moses' life where his mother couldn't hide him any longer And she began to say, God, what am I going to do with this child? What am I going to do? And Moses' life, although he didn't know even what was going on, God was putting his life together. God, in the midst of all the problem, the stress, the turmoil, God was putting his life together before he even had the opportunity, amen, to express a voice about it. Amen. God said, I've got my hand upon This young man, I want to preach to you for just a minute that God has his hand on your life. You can't just go through life and say that everything's just happening because of this or that or because of all the things the world says it's happening. No way, I've got to understand and I see God's hand on my life. There's things that'll happen in your life and you're you're like, wow, don't worry. These folks that are coming in, they're not late for church. They've been out on bus ministry. But you realize, you realize that God's hand is on my life. You look at what's happening around you and you see how God is working in your life and how God is bringing you to certain points of life where you have to make decision, where you have to make choices, where you have to take direction and you have to say, okay, which way am I going? What am I supposed to do? Oh, there's a whole bunch of you that sit here today. Hey man, some of you young people, you're in your mind right now, you're saying, God, what am I supposed to do? How's it all supposed to to unfold? What's going to happen with my life? And God's hand is on your life, and his spirit is drawing you, his spirit's talking to you. God's dealing with you. You've got to respond to that right now, today. You've got to say, Okay, God, I've heard your call, I've heard your voice, I've felt your spirit, I know you're working in my life. Yeah, Moses, he grew up in Pharaoh's house. If you know the story of Moses, his mother built a little ark of bulrushes. Can you imagine a mother having to do that? Knowing that if the wrong person finds her child, that he will be thrown in the Nile River. And and I I can't even imagine doing that to a small child. And uh, uh, his sister set afar off, the Bible says, and Watched over that little ark of bulrushes, and uh, and she heard him crying because uh, he was hungry, and and uh, she was saying, "Oh man, my brother's out there crying. Somebody's going to find him." And what happened is, God, a man said, "Okay, I'm going to put it into the heart." of of Pharaoh's daughter that when she comes to the Nile River to bathe, she's going to find that child. And when they opened up that bulrush, she said it's one of the Hebrew children. Can you imagine? God had already put it in her spirit to take care of that little baby. She says nobody's going to touch this child. This child is mine. And even though it saved Moses' life, it brought about a direction that he had to make choices later on in life. But what happened between then and when she found him is his sister said, hey, now if you think about this, when you find a child floating around in a bulrush ark, in a little boat, and uh, a, a girl comes up that's obviously not his mother, too young to be a mother, and says, hey, do you want me to go find a nurse for that little baby? You know. That's his sister probably. And you know that you can't feed him. They probably didn't have little bottle heaters back then to plug into his mouth and make him be quiet. They probably didn't have multo meal and all those things, and so she said, "Yeah, that would be a really good idea." And so Moses' mother got to raise that little boy. And you know what happened, Mom and Dad? I'm going to tell all the moms and dads in this church something right now. Hey, Amen. You better take your young people to every youth event, everything that you can get them involved in in the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter if it costs you $20, 30 50 $100, amen, hey take them to church, take them to church events, take them to things where there's other young people because it will make a difference if, hey, if they're not hearing the preach word of God from an apostolic preacher, they're being preached to by somebody else. I said, there's other voices in their life that's talking to them. Hey, man, there's other people that saying, oh, come on, I want to show you something you ain't never seen before and what it'll do to them. I'll tell you what it'll do to them. Hey, man, I've got a nephew that took his life because someone got a hold of him and blew his mind on drugs. Real quiet right now. 19 years old, 20 years old. Whole life ahead of him. But I want to tell this church something. It doesn't have to be that way for any young person. Young person, it doesn't have to be that way for you. Amen. It's a spirit that's in this world right now of Oh, just end it all. You don't have to deal with it. Just end your life. No, 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 no. Life does not end after you quit breathing a physical breath. Amen. Only then does eternal life. Amen. Your soul goes on. Amen. Your soul lives forever. Your soul never ends. And you want to make sure that you're going to make it to heaven. You say, Pastor, I've done some bad things. My Bible says God's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. God's not willing that anybody would perish. He doesn't want you to die. He doesn't want you to come to, uh, to all the terrible things that are going on to people in this world. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you a future. He wants to give you a life to live. Come on, I'd rather live my life for God huh, than to live it any other way. Oh, hallelujah. And Moses, the Bible says he came of age. And he had he had two moms. He had a stepmom and he had his real mom. I'm going to tell you something in living for God. There will be no excuse that stands before God and say, God, I couldn't do something because of this. Sorry, won't work. Because there is a great cloud of witnesses, the Bible says, that says you can do it. We've already been through it. Moses, he had a stepmom, and the Bible doesn't tell us anything about his stepdad. And he had a mom and a dad, a biological mom and a dad. And the Bible tells us that he was given the best. He lived in a palace. Can you imagine living somewhere where money was uh, growing on trees? There was no problem with money. He had Gold, hey Amen. Uh, he had gold headdresses. He had everything he had was made out of gold. Go look at Egypt. Oh, go look at their mummies. Go look at their everything they got. The, he, money was no problem. And then he would walk back into his mom and dad's house. And it was a very probably simple place to live. And there came a time when decisions had to be made that would alter and would determine the course of direction. Hey Amen. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 that he chose, amen, the, to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Can I tell you, there is pleasure in sin for a little while, but after a while it brings bitterness and hurt, amen, the sting of death, amen, is there, but can I preach to you, amen, that in the Holy Ghost there's righteousness and peace and joy it may not fix all of my earthly problems but I've got a joy in my heart Amen. I know that if I keep on serving God I'm gonna see him face to face I'm going to heaven I'm gonna make it I said I'm gonna make come on you can make it you can get to heaven you can see Jesus Moses, he had it he had the world by the tail. He was in line to be the next Pharaoh. Oh yeah. He was a general in their army. You're not a king's kid and out peeling potatoes, I can promise you. The word of God said he saw his brethren. Day after day, as slaves being beaten by taskmasters. One day he went out, he took vengeance into his own hands. He was dressed like an Egyptian, but he had a heart for God. When he saw that taskmaster, the Bible says that they cried by reason of their taskmaster. Taskmaster is the, the slave owner, is the one that is harsh and cruel and says, You will do it this way. Oh, yeah, come on, all the lights, all the glitter, all the things that are attractive. But once a person becomes ensnared by that lifestyle, the taskmaster has you and controls you. And Moses, he killed that taskmaster. And he realized what he did, so he hit him in the sand. All this was in God's plan. All these things were happening in Moses' life. And in a way, if you read Moses' life, It almost appeared that his life was out of control. Think about it. When you murder somebody, you're out of control. Oh, yeah, I know that taskmaster was beating that man. But he was out of control and he killed. He became a murderer. He murdered that taskmaster. And then he went from being in the king's palace to being a fugitive on the run. Think about that. You go from the best to living life very meagerly, very uh, scared. I, I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I've been scared. And uh, the, the taskmaster, although he was dead, had another taskmaster to replace him another taskmaster to take his place and it seemed like the the cycle just never ended and he had to run for his life. He went back the next day to try to get his brethren. He said, hey, don't don't fight like that. And they said, what are you going to do? Kill us too? By that time, the news had spread everywhere. And we find Moses, he was dressed like an Egyptian, the Bible says. And he went, and he fled to the land of Midian. And the land of Midian from where he was in Egypt was across the Sinai desert. and it was across even uh, the other the, the larger portion of the uh, Red Sea that comes up uh, through between the Sinai Peninsula. And Arabia, there's a little strip of land called Midian. And the Bible says he, flew to the, er, he fled to the land of Midian. And when he got there, there was these uh, uh, young ladies that uh, one would eventually become his wife. But he stood up for them. And, and uh, they said, a man stood up for us today that was an Egyptian. And he says, well, why in the world did you leave him there? He said, you need to bring him home. And, uh, and, 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 of course, you can, you can read the love story in between all that, how he was married and, and how that life just began to kind of roll on, the knowledge that he probably would never see his family again, that nothing would ever be the same, that he would just live out the rest of his life in this wasteland. And, and I've been telling you this whole story here this morning because this is the part that I want to get to, is that he still had a heart for God. That all his life, everything that was going on, there was a heart for God. That Moses never lost that teaching, that sensitivity to the Spirit of God. I believe that the Spirit of God was just as real then as it is today. And that God talked to people just like He did then. He talks to them today, and God's Spirit deals with us, and God's Spirit draws us, and God works in our life, and and uh, He, he would, was always sensitive. I, I don't know about you, but I, I I'm not a sensitive person. In the fact that I'm I'm always wondering who's saying what or if somebody's going to offend me. I've left that far behind. But I want to be sensitive to the spirit of God. I want to know that what I'm doing, that God is still in control, that God's still working. I don't know about you, but I want to ask you the question, is God Amen, working in your life? Are you sensitive to that? Have you prayed today? Have you talked to God this week? Have you thought about him. Hey man, oh, I'm telling you, it's not by chance what's happening in your walk with God. And Moses, by that time, he didn't look like an Egyptian anymore. The Bible says he was a shepherd. It's a little bit slow, I know. And he was Standing there, watching his sheep. Just living the life. And all of a sudden, this bush. If you were standing out in the middle of nowhere and a bush just caught on fire, it would catch your attention. So, Wow, that's kind of cool. I'd be looking for whoever was behind that bush. (laughs) Hey, what in the world? How'd that just catch on fire? But then while the, the word of God tells us while he was standing there watching that bush, he was like, now this is something supernatural because the bush was not consumed. What does fire do to something? After a while, nothing but ashes left. But while that fire was burning, Moses was standing there watching it. And he says, there's something going on here. He said, that fire is burning and that bush, it hasn't wilted. That bush hasn't burned up. There's no ashes. And he said, I think I'll go a little closer. I think I'll get a little closer to that fire. I want to see what's happening. And the closer he got to the fire, I I promise you, amen, amen. God had his attention by then. Amen. God was drawing him by then. And the closer he got to that fire, he knew that something was, I don't know about you, but there's days that I wake up that life just kind of cranks on like normal. But then there's days that I wake up and I know that God's getting ready to do something in my life. I know that something good's about to happen. Amen. And that's the way Moses was that day. And and the closer he got to that bush, he knew that God was involved And then an angel said, Moses! He said, take off your shoes. He says, because the ground you're standing on is holy ground. The Bible tells us that he fell on his face. He took off his shoes. He fell on his face. And God began to talk to him about the rest of his life. Everybody hear me today, hear me today, hear me today. The closer you get to God, there's things that God is going to show you and tell you that you have to change. But it's not just a change for the sake of change, but all of a sudden he starts dealing with you and talking to you about your life and the rest of your life. And how Moses, God, began to talk to him, how he was going to go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. I want to ask you here today. I want to ask you here today. I'm just about finished. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel like if somebody wants to get the Holy Ghost, you can have the Holy Ghost today. But has God been talking to you? Have you experienced and felt the fire and the power Of the Holy Ghost. That is here today. Amen. The Spirit of God is drawing today. The Spirit of God is talking to young people. It's talking to middle aged people. It's talking to everybody in this building. But God is working in your life. God is saying come on. Amen. You've you've come a little closer. Amen. You're in a holy place. Amen. I want to fill you with my Holy Spirit. I want to give you that power and that'll help you. I'm preaching to you here today. Amen. That God is on your side. And he had a heart for God. Anybody here helping me pray right now? Come on, let's just talk to the Lord right now. Oh God. God, you've been talking to me. You've been dealing with me. Oh God. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I feel the Spirit of God moving. In the name of Jesus, oh God, oh God. My heart, it panteth after you like the deer does for the water brook. God, I desire you. God, I've tried everything else. God, I've done all these other things, but I've never experienced what I've been feeling and what I've been seeing. And God, I know that you can do that miracle in my life. Is there anybody here today? Oh, come on, the world, it just as Moses experienced the world, was a humongous draw. The world can draw you. But Moses, he had a heart for God. If we could all stand if we could lift our hands right now. I feel the Spirit of God moving. Is there anybody here today that you need the Holy Ghost? Is there anybody here today that you need to pray through? That you need to say, okay, God, it's been way too long since I prayed through. It's been way too long since I spoke in tongues. Come on, let's pray, church. It's important that we pray right now. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here right now. Oh, God, come on, let's pray right now. Jesus, Jesus, come on, the Holy Ghost is moving right now. Can somebody help me pray? In the name of Jesus, God, I need you today, God. Come on, sisters. Come on, brothers. Come on, it's time to pray. Pour your heart out to God. God, I need you right now. I love you, Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah.